0: Hey, welcome to The Look Back, my pandemic podcast, or hopefully post-pandemic podcast, broadcasting here from the basement of Newman Media Studios. My name is Keith Newman and I'm the host of The Look Back. And this is a place where we have some fun conversations with old friends, a few newsmakers, and some rule breakers, all in the name of sharing insights and experiences along with a little bit of levity and fun. I hope you enjoy the conversation. And if you're so inclined or perhaps even open to some bribery, you'll share this podcast with some friends who might also enjoy it. This episode is sponsored by Estrella, the blockchain powered cap table and shareholder management platform that allows executives to manage and leverage their company's equity as a recruitment and retention tool, as well as a resource to enhance company culture. Estrella meets all of your shareholder management needs, along with the highest level of customer service and at the best price. Ask to speak with an equity expert or get a demo today of Estrella at Estrella, A-S-T-R-E-L-L-A dot Let's go on to the show. Hey,
1: Michael. Keith. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Good, good. Sorry for the delay. I was just, I was I'm here in my hotel room, but just trying to um, connect. It took me a minute.
0: Well, you know what? Um, you know, you're not good with these manual chores anymore. It's, It all has to be automated
1: and robotic, right? That's correct. <laughs> That's correct. But I had a flash from the past. Last week, I was in, di- I was in Dallas and I had dinner with Gary Bale. Oh, boy. That is, hey, you're taking us right there. That's the look back.
0: Welcome to the program. I'm here with Michael O'Donnell, everybody, Chairman CEO of relay robotics and uh and he and I have quite a history. He's referring to Gary, our uh, old buyer friend from Comp USA days, right?
1: That's correct. when you were uh, you had the most influential publication in the industry, computer retail Week. And uh, Gary was one of the most influential buyers in CompUSA. I think they were the leading uh, reseller of computers and software at that point. So, um, yeah, it's it's amazing how things have changed over the last 20, 25 years. I hate, and,
0: to, think, um, I hate to think how many years, right?
1: Right, right. Well, hey,
0: um, I want uh, – so, Gary, uh, is he still active in the uh, in the software industry?
1: No, he's moved on, and now he's in residential real estate okay. in Dallas. And
0: um, and you're looking for a place in Dallas?
1: No, we were. He had made an introduction to a, uh, a new friend of his who was quite interested in robotics. So we kind of reconnected, and uh, and he set up a meeting with someone who it's just trying to deal with this labor shortage. It's such an interesting time where on one hand you have all these tech layoffs, yeah. you know, probably roughly over 200,000 now of white collar workers at all the big shops, Google, Facebook, Salesforce, you know, you name it. Yep. But at the same time, both hotels and hospitals in particular just can't fill these lower lower income lower level jobs, these really delivery jobs. And Mm. so those, that labor shortage is not abating at all. In fact, especially in healthcare, it's only getting worse because they were predicting a labor shortage, Right. they were predicting a nursing shortage, and and COVID's only exacerbated it. Think of the last three months and really the last three years is what it's been like being a healthcare worker through COVID and and people are retiring sooner than they thought, and So where we come in is sort of as really a a helping hand. Use the robot to do the mundane delivery tasks. Let the nurses focus on the patient or let the hotel staff focus on the guests. Let the robot do the deliveries of everything from food and beverage and towels and shaving cream and sundries. um, And they can do it really well versus... You know, now, nowadays, you, often you get to a hotel, there's one person at the front desk. And if someone calls, can you send up some towels or a new pillow or, or hey, Uber Eats just dropped my, my dinner off at the front lobby. You want me to come down and pick up that dinner? No, send the robot. So it's really an interesting time where, and now if you survey people, say, would you rather have a human deliver me my Uber Eats bag or a robot Overwhelmingly, send the robot. It's contactless. Oh. Um, it, it won't. It doesn't have COVID. Doesn't have the flu. It gets there very quickly. Our average time is about four minutes from the front desk to a guest room. So these, it's sort of a all these um, these factors com- combined together. It's sort of a perfect storm. Uh, while technology is definitely softened in other areas, I pe- think people are looking at automation and robotics. As a way out of this mess and a way to address these issues and 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 at the same time the technology's gotten a lot better and more reliable.
0: And where are you with with relay robotics? Where is the product in terms of its development and its evolution? Is it is it delivering pillows
1: and uh yes and yes. Toothpaste? No, we've We've done well over a million deliveries, so it's been in market for five plus years. Okay. Um, we relaunched the company in April of this year as Relay Robotics, but it, the the product has always been called a Relay robot. And we're um, we're actually um, working on our third gen product right now. So we've got product all over the country, all over the world, in both okay. hospitality. I,
0: I, I get out a little bit, Mike. Still, you know, I haven't seen a robot delivery to me. Well, but the, me, I would know. Maybe I didn't know.
1: Yeah, I, I, either it's, it's blended in or you haven't been to one of, our, one of the hotels that has one of our robots. There's the Hilton Santa Clara, for example, mm-hmm. has our robot right in the main lobby and it's making deliveries. Um, El Camino Hospital in Las Gadas has two of our robots. So we're, uh, we've got hospitals in North America and also in Europe. Uh, we have hotels in North America, Europe, and asia Pac. And we're we're really in scale mode now. I mean, our our plan is to sort of supercharge the sales activities, and then you know over the next several months, you'll see you know more and more outlets carrying our robots. Right, just like the
0: retail game. How many stores and doors and all that stuff, right?
1: That's right. It's a it's a. I mean, we're working on one account that's interested in buying 250 robots. Yeah, or, you know. And so that's the kind of scale we're seeing, you know, across across the country. They may start with one, or, or normally what what happens in hospitality is you'll have a hotel owner who owns twenty hotels, and they'll start off buying robots for one or two, see how it goes, and then they would roll that out. We're, we are getting multiple uh, site robot deals now for both yeah. hospitality and healthcare. We wow. just got a four four robot deal for one nearby hospital. I, I think what what's interesting is I was talking to, to um someone in a hospital a hospital administrator and I said, Do you have any budget for, for 2023? And he said, Yeah, because I, I can't spend it I'm under in terms of labor already, because we we can't hire the positions that are open. So if the robots can fill that need even better.
0: So, so Mike, let me take a break here for a second because I love where you're going with this story. It's so fascinating this whole world of robotics. Um, you started off in terms of our, where we started this conversation in the software game, and you were doing, you know, GeoWorks. I remember, and we had the little time
1: with um, who was the other company? Was it Knowledge Adventure? Or software. It was, uh, the software, the software tool works and market yes. science games. And yes. I, I spent really a, the early part of my career in consumer software and video games.
0: Right. And then and then, and, and then you kind of went down the uh enterprise software. You went upscale on us.
1: Well, even before that, actually yeah. went to uh, went over to the internet and was you know running one of the first internet companies or dot com, salon media group, salon.com. That's right. And that was our my first foray into internet publishing and, advertising. and digital, adver- digital yeah. advertising based businesses and the power of you know an online magazine, online newspaper, which was fascinating. We went through the the boom and the bust of of that cycle, and in some ways, I was saying to someone this week, yeah, you know, we just can't learn our lesson. Well, the dot com boom is is reminding of what we, what we're seeing with crypto and some of these other businesses that people just you know couldn't wait to jump on the train and ended up you know losing everything I think I think the internet or just general tech companies the correction you're seeing is a smaller one I think the seems like every company that's announcing layoffs it's in the five to ten percent range and I think part of that is these these companies were so sort of overheated companies trading at 20 30 40 50 times revenue or a hundred times EBITDA or more and just sort of price for perfection and now they're seeing sort of a softening of it so I think I think you'll start to see valuations become more rational going forward until we get more we, we get fired up about another particular vertical but I think with robotics what the financial community is seeing and customers are seeing is this is a real practical solution to a a huge urgent problem of labor shortage when you've got robots that can transverse long distances. They can go indoors, they can go outdoors, they can ride elevators, they can they have sensors so they don't run into people. Yeah. It's so that's why I said it's a combination of major problem, but now the technology's gotten, you know, more reliable, where you can, you know, we we have robots running for hours and hours hours and hours without charging. And they're really doing a, a, a uh, special service. The other thing we've seen, Keith, is the guest reaction to these robots. They, it's almost nostalgic when a guest yeah. receives a delivery from a robot. It's like, oh my gosh, this is like R2-D2 all over again. <laughs> and then of course, young, young people are really enamored with the robots as well. So it's not only serving a function from an ROI standpoint, but the guests really they look at it as almost a guest experience. It's it's not just, you know, what they're paying for the robot and does it co- cost uh, is it cost effective versus a bellman or it, it's either one they can't find the bellman because he's not available. Yeah. Or two, this can augment what the bellman is doing or the nurses are doing. So it's really become a a useful, you know, part of the the team. And 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 that that spells in the just from a marketing perspective, we have the staffs of these hotels and hospitals name the robot. They they help us design the robot, so they give us feedback there, and they they dock the robot right at the front desk or right at the nurses' station. So that it really becomes an integral part of the workflow. Yeah,
0: no, I get it, Mike, and I I um, I see that as a, as a, a pretty understandable uh, evolutionary path, right? First, it's test and then it's augment and then it kind of takes over once it gets all the natural intelligence and you figure out everything from the interface to you know where it's best suited and where maybe it's not suited for it you know at the proper place or time but anyway and and man i i just think it's so fascinating looking over your career then so we're talking about consumer software selling you know through computer retail stores and then going off and doing the internet, which a lot of us did, including myself, and then off to enterprise, which I did as well. And you had quite a run doing enterprise tech and then went into med tech or health tech, right? Before you Yeah, came-
1: that was well, in many ways that was back to sort of internet publishing and salon days running Healthy Nation, because we were we were publishing health stories, we were publishing health videos. And the ad model, instead of competing against the Facebooks and the search engines, we actually took a really different approach of more of a premium advertising sponsorship approach where the big pharmaceutical companies were interested in our audience and interested in in being adjacent to our content that was so specific, you know, 10, 10 great recipes for your psoriatic arthritis. Right. And, and the, the leading, you know, pharma company would want to place their ad almost an interstitial or a. A video pre-roll in front of it, and we got tremendous performance. And they were willing to pay hundreds of of dollars in CPM. We and sometimes we we're running a two thousand dollars CPM uh, against that.
0: Like, it's almost like the Amazon ad model, you know. You're right next to the product that you're selling.
1: That's a, that's exactly right. So that was, and you know, healthcare is huge industry, two trillion dollar industry, and that's why GoodRx was so interested in that company and acquired us they you know, they're sitting with a big audience who's buying prescription medications for their chronic conditions and, and we filled that void but we're we're very keen on on healthcare now at, our, at relay robotics and i'm pushing to address that market we've got a bunch of hospital customers yeah um and they're you know they're i'm gonna i'm gonna play something for you this, this is a a a nurse that i met back east at one of the main hospitals that's a customer Okay and we we asked her, hopefully you can hear this on your pod. <laughs> no, it's not coming in. Okay. well the the, uh, the the nurse was asked, does the robot make your life easier? And she said yes, a hundred times easier oh, wow. And you know that that's you know, filling that kind of uh, void or filling that addressing that need is, not only is it a great business, but it also feels, um, you know, kind of noble and feels like, Hey, we're, we're doing this for something bigger than just ourselves. You know, we oh. want to make, yes, we want to make money. We want to be hugely successful, but you know, when you think about the the healthcare industry, about a $2 trillion industry, you've got aging baby boomers um, who are living longer, but not necessarily healthier. They're, they're yeah. really putting a huge, uh, burden on the healthcare system. It's really at the breaking point. So if we can come in and help address that and fill that need and, you know, make a few bucks along the way, it's it's very fulfilling. So you'll see us put increasing effort in the healthcare space.
0: Okay. I may reach back out to you uh, helping a friend of mine uh, with their healthcare issue and the, their hospital challenges. But I want to ask you now that, you know, we've covered off in terms of Of your path, your career arc, which I think is really amazing, Mike. Um, And uh, you know, I just thought you went into robotics because your golf game was suffering so poorly that you needed to find something that would be more engaging for you.
1: Not, not the case. Not the (laughs) case. In fact, um, still still try to play as much as possible. <laughs> so I've really been I'm I've really been more <laughs> of a, ge- a generalist in terms of helping early stage tech companies get to the next level and whether they they're just getting started oh, good. or cuz
0: that's yeah and that's right where I wanted to pick up Mike teasing you about the golf we know you're a, a stick so the um the part where companies are today like I've got my product I've got um you know everything done I've got. Um, I'm ready to go attack the market. What's different today than than five years ago? You know, it it, it certainly feels like we're in a different environment, both economic, and who's going to take on something
1: new. Well, well, I think you can start a company for a lot less money than maybe in years past because you can, you know, you can you can write software um, using you know open source tools and and available technology out there so you don't have to spend millions and millions of dollars to get your product off the ground. In fact, it seems like the majority of startups get very far along before they even go after seed funding. And maybe this is you've got two founders who are working at night and weekends or in addition to their day jobs somewhere else, and they, they build a prototype or they build you know the, the first general release of the product. And, and now with agile software development, I mean, I think people expect you're going to get releases out on a monthly basis at, at, at worst. So I think that that's changed, Keith, in terms of the development. It, it's accelerated the speed of development. The you know the supply chain is is still challenged from COVID, but I, I think there's so many more sources for um, especially hardware products or components than just China. You know, and and in other other countries in Asia, you've got Mexico that's doing more, and even the U.S. is is trying to become more of a manufacturing uh, country once again. So I think there's more choices. I think everything's just moving really fast. And how about, how about, I think- how about
0: overlaying that the supply chain and some of the manufacturing topics with? Okay, now I've got my hands on on product. I've got my volume you know, ready to go to market. How do I grow that share? You know, how do I get real, real traction?
1: Yeah. Well, I think it still helps doing it the old fashioned way, whether it's, it's drawing on relationships that, that you might have, or somebody in the organization has with the C-level executives at various customers. So in our business, we're calling on hotel owners who could own one hotel, but then usually they own five, 10, 50 we just signed a deal with a, with a customer who has 80 hotels wow. and they're starting off buying for about 10 of them and that, that would roll out. So there's some huge hotel ownership groups that have a tremendous amount of influence and you need to figure out who they are. Do you know anyone who can get you there and get the audience to make a presentation? Same in the hospital space. And, and we've been in it now for enough time where we've got at least a, a, a small beachhead with a bunch of these... You know, hospital customers, so that helps. So, so you're at critical mass size now. You got reference. Yeah, that's right. Got- we we've got we've got our first customers. We've got great feedback. We've been our robots have been in circulation for five plus years. We we have worked out the kinks. You know, robotics. You're always going to have some new challenge from a. Um, you know, how do you integrate with this new set of elevators? To you know, uh, mingling around. You know, one of the big areas in robotics is restaurant robots. Which is amazing to see these yeah. little bus boys around. Yeah. Um, it. But it's, it can be a little challenging because restaurants can reconfigure their restaurant on a daily basis to different open seating, row seating, you know, banquet type seating. And, and the robot needs to understand that or, or it, can, it can have issues there. The, the other thing is, I think we're, we're getting creative with the use cases. So, in addition to just delivering food and sundries and towels and toothpaste, you know, we're we're going to be using our we use our robot today for mingling, where the robot can actually go out and mingle with the guests. That's Say they're right. waiting, they're waiting to check in. They can have an interaction with the robot. They can play trivia, oh, uh, can questions. The other issue, what we're seeing is that the need for security or patrolling. We don't necessarily have a person or a security guard, but could you send the robot, which has cameras built in, yeah. the robot to take pictures if there's any sort of nefarious activity going on in the yeah. in the hospital. Almost like a drone. Almost like yeah. a drone plane. Yeah, that's right. But I mm. think when you when a guest sees a robot roaming the hallways, it's it's very friendly. It's 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 kind of like your good old fashioned security guard. Um, but taking pictures and and we're monitoring those on a regular basis. So more and more use cases we're seeing. Wow. That is great.
0: Um, I'm curious. So, so in terms of challenges, I see the opportunities just tremendous in terms of challenges. Is it just then staying like, like almost having your, your, uh, your SWAT team ready to go handle whatever, uh, you know, custom issue you have of the day.
1: Well, I think it's it's further commercializing the product and the technology. I mean, we have a lot of IP that's been built in. The company was started by Steve Cousins, who's you know one of the top uh, robotics pioneers in the industry, Stanford PhD in computer science. He's been working in robotics for the last ten plus years, and so you know he's led led our effort to get our first gen robots out the field. We just announced. Yesterday, that we've added some additional product leadership in engineering and product management, industrial design to help Steve and his team further advance. Because we're we're getting these inbound requests saying, "Can you guys do this? Can you guys do that?" We're trying to stay disciplined and you know release our next generation delivery robots, but we're also getting in, getting inbound. Could you guys do an outdoor robot? Can you do a robot that just delivers laundry? Um, You know, there's a whole collection and we're just trying to be disciplined and say, okay, is that one request or is that something that we see over and over again? Is there a pattern here? Yeah. So so I think it's like like any early stage company. It's time to, you know, evolve and mature and grow up into a real commercial business that because these big Fortune 500 companies are relying on you now and that robot has to work. It has to make that delivery. And whether it's in a hotel delivering someone's, you know, uh evening dinner, or, uh, you know, you, you need that toothbrush at 11 o'clock at night, but also in hospitals where you're delivering life-saving medications, you know, chemotherapy from the pharmacy up to a patient room or the infusion center, uh, that is mission critical, life-saving. So it has to work. And we're We've now been doing it long enough where we're highly confident in the service. We really, it's really a service. We call robots as a service. Hmm. RAS. And so we sell uh <laughs> go. I, I got a new acronym. 24, 247 robot subscription service. So it has to be up. It has to be running. Yeah. And because at, at all times of the day and night we have support, you know, in in, in the US, but also in different parts of the world to address that because when they call it just has to work and it's really a to c business. So we're, we're selling to a partner who's making it available to a consumer. Yeah. And so that's what it has to, it, it has to work.
0: Yeah. Bringing up our old school, is that a direct sale or is that a channel
1: sale? Do you have all? I know. I, well, I think, I think, I think about the retail channel a lot because when you think about calling on hotels, you have the GM of the hotel, Mm-hmm. And you could have the owner and the, and, and it could be managed by one of the big hotel flags like Marriott. Right. Marriott manages about 40% of the hotels that are Marriotts. The rest of them are managed by the, the hotel owner and, and they just license the Marriott name and the reservation system. So yeah. each hotel is different and each elevator company is different. That's really the, oh, the biggest challenge where, and it's, it's part of our IP is, is integrating with elevators and we do it very well. We've been doing it for five plus years, but you need to work with the elevator companies and the local support contracts in the different cities or jurisdictions. So it's, it, it can be, you know, a little challenging, but once, once we get it scheduled and get it rolling, it, it goes off pretty, pretty smoothly. And, and we'll add that to all of our customers because they want that as well. That's great. Mike, where's the head company headquartered? The company's headquartered in Campbell, oh, okay. um, just a few blocks from Netflix yeah. campus. Yeah, so it's a great, is, great. location.
0: Apple used to do a lot of integration and and stuff down there too.
1: Yes, we're not we're not that far from Apple, so we we build all the robots there. We we yeah. source them from all of the world, but we assemble the robots there, and that's actually a, one of the challenges and opportunities. We're we're definitely competing with Chinese robots yeah that are being made and, and in many ways funded by, by the by the Chinese, and they're bringing them to North America and trying to get them into the u s but mm-hmm. one of the concerns that we've heard from customers is they don't necessarily want that robot interfacing with their Wi-Fi network or their pay, their payment systems or their phone systems versus ours is a is an American robot It's almost built, like a TikTok in, argument yes, it's built in the u s. And we do, we do interface with the elevator companies. We interface with the hotel phone systems and other little, you know, parts of the equation. And so the fact that we're a, a sort of a homegrown, you know, USA made is it's helping us win business, at least in North America.
0: Okay. Listen, I take in I take in a lot of your time. I've really enjoyed this conversation. You got so much uh, happening with this company, but also your rich uh, career path. Share another, because I, I I reach a lot of uh a lot of entrepreneurs on my on my channel, you know, and I really like to speak to companies that are coming up. You're coming up, but you've done it now a bunch of times. Um, what's some of your favorite advice as you think about um the things that you kind of lean back on and, and and refer to? You're obviously a great uh executive and a manager and have a strong network, but but what are some of the tips or tricks that you've used over the years that that have been pretty steady for you. Well,
1: I remember the, the first Yahoo CEO said, rule number one, cash is more important than your mother. <laughs> and for any early company, how you manage your cash and yeah. be frugal, um, and even to your customers, you, you want to make yourself look bigger than you really are. You don't need to spend all your money throwing lavish parties or events to, to be professional. So to try a stretch, your dollars whether you're you, whether you're talking to your seed funding or even in later stage funding i, I think everyone especially investors appreciates some frugality and it doesn't mean you're cheap but i think you can you want to set the culture where hey it's it's your money it's all our money it's not just the investors money so let's spend it wisely and let's be really smart about about the choices you know um i actually think revenue or Customers are more important than your mother, meaning I love my mother. She's amazing. She's almost ninety-one. Wow! Um, but it, but in these early-stage companies, you know, it, it, a, a logo is worth probably five times the revenue you're getting from because it's proving that a customer said yes. We vetted you. We we like you. We we believe your product works, and and there's value, and and there's more people like us. Yeah. So we, we work really hard to not only sign the initial customers, but continuing to, to expand. Yeah. And so everyone in the company has to be a salesman, you know, not just the sales force, but you know, the, um, the engineers that are building the product, the sales engineers are the people in the, in, in operations that are installing the product and how yeah. you engage with the customer. Yes. And if you have problems, do you own, the other thing, Keith, I'd maybe say rule number three is yeah. <laughs> own, up, own, up, own up to your mistakes early and quickly, and then there, there there can't be any false positives, or if you've got a problem, you have to surface it and address it, fix it, and move on, versus nothing worse than everything's fine, everything's fine, and then all of a sudden, you're hitting right into an iceberg. And, and I think customers will appreciate it. They, they know there's glitches. It's technology. But how you respond to it, do you, you know, I worked for Cisco um, in, you know, in the early 2000s and Cisco always had a culture of addressing customer issues. In fact, you know, these um, these customer issues went all the way to the CEO's desk, John Chambers desk, and they monitored customers that were in sort of code, code blue. Mm -hmm. And how do they fix those situations and make sure the customers know? that everyone in the organization is working to fix it. And that's what we try to do as well. And so as, as you're trying to build a more repeatable product, a more commercial grade product, and you get to the point where you have very little failure and you're building these in scale, but but when you have these customer issues that flare up, jump on top of them. I love, uh, it. I love over-commun- it. Over-communicate with the customer what you're doing nice. and how you're going to fix it.
0: Mike, I love that. That's great.
1: Hey, hey,
0: as you were talking, a thought occurred to me, I'm so bummed that I have not been to a hotel with your robots yet. And it's like, okay, you and I go back to the Intel Inside days, right? So now I need a little bug or logo on the hotel when I'm booking. that I know they have your robots there so I can kind of meet up with your robots and we can get to know each other.
1: That's, that's such a great idea, Keith. And so I that's keep, free. I just want that's like free. I want, 100 just want a 100 I want a few thousand shares of stock or something, okay? Yes. Or a, a ro- couple robot plushies. We, <laughs> we our customers give the give those away. But that's what what's interesting what we hear from our customers is the social media impact is huge. So mm. people post pictures with the robot. They um
0: oh that's you know, they
1: they posted it in, you know in social media because and then where do you think they're gonna stay when they book their next, you know, hotel? Here's here's just a picture of three kids uh, yeah. taking a picture with our robot in the lobby of a hotel.
0: Is that your are those yours? <laughs>
1: so they're not my kids, but yeah. they're um you know, they love that. And that's, that's what right. they're that's well what and they're isn't seeing. there
0: isn't there something to the fact I love it. Yeah, he showed another example of a kid with his robot. I I think there's something to the fact that they can get to know your information too. Hey, Keith, do you need another toothbrush? You know, whatever, wherever right. that
1: goes. That's exactly right. One, one more thing I'll show you. And it's not yeah. going to come on the podcast, but this is yeah. one of our robots yeah. traveling to that's the crazy. lobby of a hotel in Seattle. And look at that little boy following um, the robot. He was just he's, doing He's that.
0: mesmerized. Yeah. He
1: is. He is mesmerized. So that's getting <laughs> that kind of consumer experience is, is magical. If you can if you can pull it off, because then it's not just, should I buy the robot versus replace a Bellman? But wow. You know, our customers could be talking about these robots and their, in their Yelp reviews.
0: Yeah. Hey Mike, you know, what else is, is great is uh, after so many runs, uh, you're still having a blast doing it. You really sound fired up about this. I'm really happy
1: for you. Well, thanks Keith. I, I reminded in Godfather three when <laughs> Michael Corleone says just when I thought I was out, pull me back in but i i'm really drawn to these entrepreneurs who have really put it all on the line to build these companies you know they put their lives on hold often their families on hold their 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 uh their wealth on hold to really take a chance building these these products and there's so much uh creativity and they really want to change the world so i'm i'm not as creative as they are but i'm drawn to be near them and help them you know commercialize these companies and and make money but it just it, it's very courageous it's it's like a broadway actor who goes out on stage and has to perform in front of a live audience these yeah. silicon valley entrepreneurs put it on the line risk failure and then if they fail they get back they dust themselves off and go do it again yeah. and i think i think silicon valley has created that culture where failure is okay and it's not it's not uh, a permanent stain but almost a badge of honor so i'm 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 drawn to these entrepreneurs that, that do do that. And that that gets me fired up and wanting to go do it again.
0: All right. Well, keep on doing it. Sounds great. Thanks for taking time on the the look back. It was great catching up with you.
1: You too, Keith. We got, we got a field trip that we're going to go take you to a local hotel and a local hospital and you'll, uh, to see these robots in action.
0: Find me up brother. I'd love to. All right, Keith. Thank you so much. Have a good trip. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Look Back. We do appreciate your support, welcome any feedback, and would love it if you would subscribe to this podcast and even consider sharing it with some of your friends. For more information and other cool info, check us out at newmanmediastudios.com.